0: This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shi'urim, and Tzfarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Do it justice if, uh, you know, the, the ghetto was, was, like he said, the, an incredible amount of people for an incredible amount of time, relatively. But two or three, I guess, Torah points of it, um, First of all, there was, of these underground Stieblach and so on, there was one especially known, a Gera. The head of it was somebody called Matasjo. They were called Mm -hmm. Matasaskwe, I think, you know, the Matasjo-type people. Um, They were very heroized. It's hard to know sometimes the stories exactly, but what it is, it was a group of people that lived with incredible mysterious Sneffish didn't, didn't shortchange on Huggis in, in, in any way whatsoever. And it, it became the stuff of heroes for Gera, boys and so on. Like this was no holds barred Mr. Sneffish till the end. Um, there was somebody, Prager, who wrote about this a lot. And one of the things, he mentions a certain scene in the ghetto that I, I think gives over an extraordinary sense of how much our Yiddishkeit is, to- is dependent on what goes around. He, had, he, he said he was once walking down the street on Shabbos and he saw a former Shayid, and, and a e and they were shaved and everything and he was smoking a cigarette on Shabbos. And he was shocked. Everybody had to go work on Shabbos. Okay, but he says to them, Shabbos. guy looks at him and he starts laughing, just laughing hysterically. And he realized, what was Shabbos? Everybody, everybody had one pair of shmates. everybody went to work, there was no different thing, and there was zero, nothing to indicate indicated Shabbos. Like a person felt, it was, it's like on a Tuesday morning someone would say it's Shabbos, you just look at him and laugh. And he said that life had become so stripped of any Yiddishkeit that you basically, th- there was no Kite, just, just there wasn't. And that's why the people who held on to it, you have to understand, you had two choices to hold on to Kite. Either you went underground, which meant you were risking your life, no food that would come in normally, if you, if you weren't registered properly and so on and so forth. So you could, and you, and you basically lived in a rat hole, like those rat holes we saw, plus minus, you lived all the time like that. Because anytime somebody caught you and you weren't legal, you know, you'd be shot. So that was one way, but the other way was, incredible sense, you're bone-tired, you're frozen, you starve to death. I mean, for us in Kippah morning, without the coffee, we're half alive. I mean, I mean, this is this is on and on and on. There was no sense of anything. And once you get used to eating, it, it, they, they, they write Nivis at the after World War One. This is more of a, 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 like sort of a mystical look at it, but somebody felt that the ureta of Kalal Yisrael so drastically was because they had to eat horse meat and treyfe meat during World War I or else you would starve to death. That was this, that was... So he said it was metamtim es You could look at it mystically. Because simply, w- one, once you got used to eat horse meat, for us, eating trafe is, is you, you can't imagine it. But once you can imagine it, and once you've done it, it stopped. So, so, so the, the, the life stripped you of any tzal nulikim, v'en the Yiddishkeit, and so on. He describes it and he said, the Rabbanim made a special tefillah they, they told everybody to, in the first year to eat kidneys on Pesach, Obviously, I mean there were, was nothing else, and they and you set a special filler. Rabbi the same Hashem that told us to be Nizam from this and this, is telling us not to eat the kidneys. I mean, Maliratzen, and he he said in the beginning he thought it was strange, but when he saw this scene, he realized that they were they were just going to be stripped of any Yiddishkeit. They, they obviously didn't know how it would end, but so that's one thing I wanted to share. A second thing. It Yaakov Yechil Weinberg, it, it, people asked about the Chaim Briska being, being stuck in, in Warsaw and the Netziv. Warsaw was the big city. If Eastern Europe was the biggest city, if Vienna was the next one up, but Vienna was a different world, Warsaw was the city. So, if somebody were to freeze everybody in New York, you would get business people coming from Europe, you would get Shem from you would get sick people in hospitals, any time, Warsaw was a place where people flocked to, there was help and so on and so forth. And the Warsaw getter was Rabbi Akevichil Weinberg and the Sri Eish. And he writes some memories and he says, they said that since they have so many Rabbanim and so on, they decided they'll make something uh, Achtos. And they had everybody write a Shtikel Teira on the same, on Psachim, on Psachim on, on the same topic. On, on, on the Machlekes Yehuda what it's besreve for bechol He said there were over 400 shtikar taira. He said he had over 250 different terutzim on the Rambam, and they were. It, was, it went to print, and the Germans bombed the, the print shop the, that area, and, and it was gone. But it's, so they had, he had over 400. He writes that the shtikel that stood out for its depth and clarity was the mirror Sheshiva's son. Reb Lezudel had a son, Reb Avram Meir, who was really his favorite, Chaviv. He was married to Reb Chaim Brisker's grandson. Reb Chaim Brisk had a son-in-law, Reb Herschel Glickson, who lived in Warsaw. He had a yeshiva called Toras Chaim, named after Reb Chaim. And Reb Meir was his son-in-law. He and his whole family were killed out, but he said his shtickle Torah stood out. That was a f- fascinating vignette. W- one more Torah relic, remnant that we have from the Ghetto is the Piesetzna. Um, and we'll talk to him, at, we'll talk to him more in, in various because there's so much to the person. But he was in the Ghetto. He was, before the Ghetto, he was a rising star in terms of charisma, chinuch. Uh, he, he, had, he was a visionary. And he wrote up the sticker Torah that he said on the, in the Titian here that he kept. And you see, there were three years' worth of it, and you see how it goes from hope, to, to, from saying it's another tzar will go over, and his son, his, 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 his daughter-in-law, his mother, it, it, his aunt, they were killed. And at the end, he basically feels, Kaliasol had never had such a Hurm before, and hopefully it's the beginning of some big error. Um, it, it, it's a safer, he hid it, he wrote it, it was hidden in a milk can, it was found in the fifties and, and published, and it's called H. Kodesh. That's H. Kodesh that we have. And you know, it's called H. Kodesh for that reason. Um, one one of the most powerful things that he writes there, this is after his, his son was killed. And in a certain sense, there was a point, a turning point where he realized that. And he says that Akarich Baruch is mitzarev machava to In other words, Kalal thoughts somehow become Maisa. They, they, they become enacted. The Gemara says that if a person wanted to do a mitzvah and it didn't come to fruition, it will come to fruition. And he says, Avroma Avinu's machshava to bring Yitzhak to Akedah is the most powerful and most enduring machshava in Kalal And he writes, we are the Maisa, we're the embodiment of that, of that machshava, of arkeidah. Our arkeidahs are fulfillment of his Watson. It was probably the most powerful of a very, very powerful sefer. And, and he lived it and he was killed and, and, and so on. Like we spoke last time about the trees that die. He was killed, it was gone, nothing was left. Nothing, period, over, over, over. We miraculously found this firm. For whatever reason, the, um, it speaks to our generation. Um, his Torah is something that inspires a lot of young people. The Ash Kodesh Shul in, in, in Woodmere, North Woodmere, in Woodmere is, is is something, a personality who runs it. It's named after him. It has some of, of that ability to take Hasidus, and I'll talk more about it because he was an incredible person, way ahead of his times, to be able to take it and inspire young generation. Um, and and uh, same thing. you know. It was buried, it was dead, and then a twig began growing. And, and his Torah and, and something about his perspective has become very inspiring to the, to the young Dar today.